if you're like me, you want to get your business ahead, but there's certain skills you need, but you just don't have. If this sounds like you, then you need to head over to Fiverr. They have a whole array of professionals that can help you in different areas from design to writing, marketing, and more. They have you covered. I seriously can't tell you how much Fiverr.com has helped me along with this podcast. Um, I've used them so much for this podcast. It's been unreal. They make my flyers. They go ahead and um, I hire this guy to help me upload the each episode and in the beginning in order for me to be all over the place it was I was totally going to Fiverr it was I seriously just it's I've gotten so much for my business through them so please use my link which you can find in the description of this episode or you can go to MarcellaAlonzo.com and book there through Fiverr today you'll be glad you did Hello and welcome to Get Schooled with Marcella Alonzo. Today, my guest is Miles Long, the legendary photographer and director. Thank you, Miles, for coming on and being on my podcast. Thank you very much. Actually, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while because we had such a blast hanging out together in New York when I went out there for work that I was like looking forward to another opportunity to chit chat and catch up and see where you were headed. And, you know, it was just a really, really fun time. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And you were a lot of fun, but unlike you're usually for, I like taping you versus being the person in the chair. You were very fun to video. Like I, I was, I even thought to myself, I'm like, I'm going to go to Aruba with just to take video of you. So (laughs) We had a good time. We took a lot of selfies. Yeah, yeah. And I made a YouTube video out of it, which is, I haven't had a chance to be doing my YouTubes like I usually have because both of my my two podcasts, I've just, you understand this, it just takes over my whole life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. You can can really um, delve into it 24-7 and then you just don't have time for all of the things and all the hats you're wearing to get them all done in a timely fashion. Yeah, but we, we it was nice. We had a fun, very fun day exploring New York and going places. But uh, Miles, please introduce yourself. Um, could you share how you became into the business? I know how you you know became in the business, sure. and um, talk about more about who you are and what you do, so my listeners can know better. Sure. Uh, so my name's Miles Long. I, I got into the business in 1999, just like the Prince song. And um, I got in actually with my first wife, mm-hmm. Shay Seitz. Uh, at the time, we were a major feature dance act. It was uh, it was a really large act, it was the largest in North America at the time. And we had a tour with a trailer because I was her licensed pyrotechnician in the U.S. and Canada, her DJ, her MC, her roadie. And we had some really elaborate shows. And when we were touring, we had a lot of fun, but we were on the road 365 days a year, 52 weeks a year. And we were feature dancing up in Canada, in Toronto, at the same club as a very famous Vivid Contract girl and penthouse pet, Diana Loren. Mm -hmm. And so she saw our show, and we saw her show, and we became good friends with her. And she was like, you know, your show's amazing, but, you know, I get paid 10 times what you get paid, not because of anything other than I have a marquee brand name because I did adult films. So she's like, if you ever had the interest, 
if you guys want to be in the adult business, if you come down to LA, I'll shoot your first scene for Vivid. And we thought about it and said, well, that's kind of interesting, actually. We've, we've always been a little bit more on the freaky deaky side. <laughs> we give it a try, you know, see how it works, you know, maybe yeah. we like it, maybe we don't, you know what I mean? And at the time, we thought that was just an avenue in order to market making more money feature dancing. We weren't really looking at it for could we, um, you know, make a career out of it, so to speak. So right. we went down to L.A. and the first movie we ever did was a uh, POV movie, oddly enough for mm-hmm. vivid back when they were still trying to figure out that genre mm-hmm. because before that there there was just the traditional movie that you see where a camera guy films other people in front of him mm-hmm. and they were still trying to figure out how to be more immersive and create a pov experience where the performer that was filming the girl was also performing and filming at the same time it's a little bit different kind of thing so at the time they were still having a big set with you know big grip truck and all these camera guys and they're like trying to mount arms over my head and I got to lean back and it was so you were performing you got it performing right right and so it was let's just say it was a very long difficult arduous day because it wasn't Uh so easy they're still trying to figure it out Uh and they noticed that I did pretty good right so they said uh (laughs) hey you know uh you're pretty good at this (laughs) <laughs> Why don't you stick around and we'll give you some more work? <laughs> they told you that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. that's what I did. I started out performing. And, you know, at the time, all we would do is perform in movies. And then we would gather up. I know I'm dating myself, but originally it was VHS cassettes and then became DVDs, right? right? And we would take them on the road when we were feature dancing in order to, you know, toss them out during contests and sell them that autograph DVDs, that kind of stuff. Right. And what I started to notice was, when I was driving around to the companies to pick up the DVDs, the guys who were driving Ferraris and Lamborghinis were not the guys who were performing in the films. Mm. They were the guys who were owning the product and distributing the product. And so I said, hmm, this is actually pretty interesting. (laughs) I should probably get more involved on the back end of the production and understand how the money's made and maybe get behind making the movies myself so back then it's not like it is today where you can you know pick up an iphone and put stuff up on your only fans right right we shot movies that at some point people had sex in right. which means you shot on cameras that other people shot big movies on right right so those cameras could cost a quarter million bucks you know the lenses were fifty thousand dollars you know so i bought two packages of two camera with the director cart the sound the boom the cameras the lenses like the leashes everything uh-huh. and I rented that out to the big companies because nobody wanted to make that investment in the gear right they would just rent it and make the movie and then return it right so then right. that built in a job for me because somebody had to be the technical director or assistant director somebody that put all that stuff together hooked it up and sat there and made sure nothing broke and everybody was happy And so I spent a lot of time sitting next to the director at the time, and I started to learn much more about the back end of the business. But more importantly, I started to learn that a lot of the stuff I was looking at on those monitors that cameramen were shooting, it was a shot, okay? Uh And maybe those guys are perfect if you were, you know, filming a talking head in an interview on ESPN or CNN, they would be great for that, right? Uh But they didn't have... D shot 
because right. I was the consumer of this market before I became somebody who was in this market working. So one of my very close friends to this day, and uh, who you know, people often refer to as the Steven Spielberg of porn, Michael Nin, mm-hmm. who actually lives up in Vegas now, they're actually doing a, a big uh, whole exhibit at the Erotic Heritage Museum of oh. his life's work coming up. Wow. So if you're ever in Vegas coming up, it's going to be there for a few years. You should definitely go check that out. It is literally jaw dropping because the production value of the stuff that we made when we were uh, working for him, incredible. He flew a crew once to Hungary to uh-huh. rent a castle and shoot a movie in it. And wow. We did, you know what I mean? Right. You know, so there was those kind of amazing movies that we made with production value back then. Mm-hmm. So I started to notice that that was not the shot. So Michael encouraged me. He's like, you know, you should pick up a camera. You have an eye. So just pick up a camera and start practicing. And so what I did was start practicing in my off time with the camera. And then one year, which was this hung- Hungary trip, he flew an entire crew out to Hungary. And I, of course, I had like 11 cases of camera equipment, all that stuff I had to take with me. Mm-hmm. And his intent was he brought one camera guy with him and he was going to get another camera guy in Hungary, which they found. And, you know, maybe that guy, as we were talking about, he was perfect mm-hmm. if he was filming a TV interview with a news anchor on right. the Danube River, right? Mm-hmm. He'd be perfect. But shooting two beautiful girls uh, making love horizontally on the steps of a castle, he was totally out of his element. Right, right. <laughs> and and also it, take, doing, right? it takes somebody that's kind of like jaded, been in the business. And when I mean jaded, I'm not talking bad, but yeah. you're not, you came into this business, a married man, and you, you know, your first partner was your wife, obviously, and you saw it as a business. You, you're, you aren't, because sure. every day I get these, these damn you probably get them too. these dms these emails how do i get in the business business. hey hire me i wanted to be in porn and i'm like you know it's not about that if you really think it's about that then you're you're missing the bigger picture you know right and i I wish you i wish you success i hope i hope it works out for you you right 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 you saw like you said you saw like a bigger picture you saw the advancement and also when you're shooting this you're, you're you see it as an art not as you know, you look at it as art in a different way than somebody that's normally filling newscaster. They're going to have a totally hundred percent. Well, they just yeah. they're not looking at it from an angle of like what would the consumer really want to look at. Mm. They, they're just filming two bodies moving, right? Right. You see it a lot of times when you look at the Cinemax movies and stuff where they have softcore scenes, lovemaking scenes, and mm-hmm. you can look at it and go, "That guy is like." aligned with her belly button he's not even in the right spot it doesn't (laughs) look real it's fake you know what I mean they're just so so sure enough he had this guy filming and he was like oh my god this guy's terrible (laughs) he's like uh Miles get up and show me what you got and I picked up the camera and he's like you're fired and I got my new camera guy and ever since that point I just started to flourish as a camera operator and then I became his director of photography so we started making a lot of movies together. He mm-hmm. actually encouraged me to branch out and direct. That was like a big thing too. And so he actually made some phone calls on my behalf and got me my first directing deal with wow. uh, Scott at New Sensations. 
Mm -hmm. And that was the same sort of thing back when we made really big, expensive features, you know, that were beautiful locations and outlandish sets and costumes and stuff. And what I also noticed, like in business and in life, I always tell people, you know, success in those is like surfing. And they kind of look at me weird, but bear with me. What I notice is if you've ever gone out and surfed, you'll notice that there's 30 guys sitting on boards talking and there's two guys that look behind them and go whoa that's my wave coming up i need to start paddling right now (laughs) and you see two guys are surfing and you see 30 guys who are sitting around watching two guys surf so in business and in life you always want to be the guy who's surfing not the guy sitting there watching so the key is that the business evolves just like every other business evolves. Yes. And you need to see when the next wave is coming and when to start paddling. So I started to notice a market change in the style of the content that we made. Mm-hmm. And it started to transition between big elaborate features where at some point after some script stuff, mm-hmm. there was some lovemaking mm-hmm. to a much more gonzo oriented product where it was pretty much wall-to-wall sex, not a whole lot of story, not a whole lot of plot, not a whole lot of script. It was sort of an intro with a girl. You find a little bit about her, and then you're going to town. Yeah. So I made the move to third degree zero tolerance at that point in order to keep paddling and stay on top of the wave and surf. Mm -hmm. And that worked out really good for a long time. And then once again, I started to see the wave coming and the wave was the prevalence of the internet based product and websites as mm-hmm. opposed to selling DVDs. And right. some companies did not see the relevance of that at all. They got blindsided and some people tried to make the transition. And mm-hmm. uh, that was when I made my move and I started to direct for browsers. Mm-hmm. And then I started to direct for some successive companies after that. They were great people. And, uh, uh, I have great relationships with them. And then we just kind of transitioned to other internet companies over the years, including bang.com and dog mm-hmm. fart. But one of the things that really helped me transcend being in the adult business was when I started to work for 30 degrees, zero tolerance, they had a requirement that the director had to shoot stills and deliver a box cover. Mm-hmm. And I had two pretty important mentors in the photography area. One is Chris Streams, who, you know, directs over to you, Angel, incredibly talented guy, my closest friend, I would say, in the business. We used to actually live together. And the other was Laurent Sky, who used to direct for Michael Min, and he was also the photographer there. And they kind of gave me an idea of, like, what it meant to have an eye and compose mm-hmm. a shot. And Chris showed me the way around a still camera because before that I had never picked up a still camera before. And what I found is it turned out I had an eye for photography in particular and a pretty unique style of photography that's pretty recognizable these days. If you if you look at pictures, you're like, oh, that's a that's a Miles picture right there. That's a Miles picture. And so I started out delivering box covers, right, and shooting the sex stills in my own movies. And then it transitioned into doing that internet work. And I paid attention to the companies and their requirements and their ideas on how to market stuff. So I began to understand, you know, what would make a good lander picture, for example, for an internet company. So when you see the scene and it's a picture of the scene, 
the viewer would be like, oh, I got to click on that. I know exactly what that scene is about. And that's act that's what I want to look at. Right. Or something like that. Right. Or if you're looking at a DVD, you know, that picture on the front of the DVD, you're looking at it to make a decision over the sea of other DVDs that you want to pick that up. And mm -hmm. by the time you turn it to the back and you're looking at the pictures on the back, that's the decision. Yes, I'm going to get this DVD or no, I'm not. So I always thought that I could do more than just take pictures as an adult. And when I was in L.A. working, I approached a lot of photography agents mm -hmm. and magazines to work for them. And I had already been doing a ton of work in the adult magazine market space for all of the major magazines, you know, Gallery and Fox and High Society and all of those magazines. And uniformly, I was dismissed and poo-pooed by people who just like, well, you know, you'll never be able to shoot mainstream magazines because you shoot porn. They stigmatize and they just you. pigeonhole me like that, right? Right. And, you know, when somebody tells me I can't do something, it doesn't mean I can't do it. It just it just means they can't do it. Nothing right. Is, right. Right. So I started off, actually, one of the very first magazines I did was Maxim Magazine. Mm -hmm. And then it blossomed due to a whole bunch of mainstream magazines. And these days, pretty much most of what I do is shooting covers in the centerfolds for Playboy magazine and FHM magazine and all those big glamour magazines now, mm -hmm. because they all figured out when I moved up to Vegas, that was sort of the turning point. What I noticed is that every focus of business marketing in Vegas is mm -hmm. based on the idea that a pretty girl will help sell this $8,000 nightclub and table at a, a you know, a, when you go to uh, one of the big nightclubs or this really expensive watch or uh, mm -hmm. this luxury car or these diamond, you know, necklaces or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I moved up to Vegas where the business understood marketing as a tool and said, you know, we don't care what he does. There's no better qualified guy to help us sell this really expensive, whatever it is, widget. Yeah. Then the guy who spent his entire career using a pretty girl to sell something. If he can sell a DVD, he could sell anything right. because he has an idea of what we're after and how to exude the idea that this pretty girl is going to help you get what you want. Right. And so that really opened the doors for me with billboard campaigns and casinos and nightclubs having me shoot posters and billboards and all kinds of stuff like that. And it really helped me transition and give me some some legs to move outside of the business, which a lot of people had always assumed you can't do. Right. And I I disagree politely. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people who said, hey, yeah, you can't do that. You I'm like, well, no, actually, you can't. Yeah. And I did the same thing with uh, social media as well, because, you know, a lot of times people try and pigeonhole folks that work in the adult market space and say, well, you know, unless you're, you know, uh, advocating for lube or dildos, you're never mm -hmm. going to get any, you know, social media collaborations or partners or branding or that right. kind of stuff. And I was like, politely, I, I disagree because really your, your branding and your collaborations you're going to do should be focused on the stuff that you find interesting and you're passionate about in your personal life. Yes. So everybody knows I'm a pretty outdoorsy guy, you know, like I like building my own cars and race cars and I like building my own bikes and show mm -hmm. bikes and 
you know, I got a lot of tools. I like to build that kind of stuff, but I like to tinker with my hands and like to go out, you know, and parachute and scuba dive and shoot guns and drive boats and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of companies started to collaborate with me because I looked for a place where we could collaborate with other people's, especially in the automotive market space right. online. And what I found, especially in Facebook, where there's the prevalence of a lot of Facebook groups that are driven toward like-minded people who are into the like-minded kind of things. Yeah. There's a lot of trolls. There's a lot of haters. There's a lot of people who aren't very nice. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, that's not what I got into this group for. I got into this group because I wanted to find people who were interested in Subarus like me and working on them and building them. And we're going to share ideas and how to's and I want to help other people. And if I can find a part for them, I want to do that. And so I ended up opening my own Facebook group. That's very targeted towards Subarus and it blossomed because it turned out lots of other people were looking for that as well. They didn't want to be around the trolls and the haters either. They wanted to be around a very positive community. Right. And, you know, I'm all, all about bringing other people up. That's the way I've sort of lived my life. It's a very military mindset because, you know, I'm, I'm a veteran and, you know, I grew up wanting to help collaboratively with other people, not kick somebody when they're down and stand on them in order to climb up. That doesn't right, make right. sense to me. Yeah, no, it, it does. has, but a lot of folks are like that. And God bless them. That's no, There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's just not, you know, where I'm at vibrationally and it's not where my headspace is at. Right. So. When I opened that group, I started to notice a lot of manufacturers and um, companies started to join the group. And they saw that I was actively working on a car that took three years to build and became an award-winning show car and got a lot of exposure. And they wanted to partner with me. And so I start, ended up with getting free parts. Then I ended up doing sponsorship deals. You know, So that car is really well known on the internet now. It's, got a dozen major manufacturers. And one of the things that made me stand out was like, I own a pretty rare Forester that it took me three years to build. Mm -hmm. And every Friday is Forester Friday for Subaru owners. That's where you. Oh, I've seen on your Facebook. And you post a picture of your Forester up and it's yeah. called Pause Friday. Right. Well, for three years in a row, what I did was put a picture set of my Forester up with yet another famous girl. That was a model. You and just so took all the, the, <laughs> the entire yeah, you... community started looking forward to these Friday posts. And then the manufacturers garner the benefit of the sponsorship deals. Cause I know I'm the only guy that tags you every Friday. And right. you get a lot of traction because there's a very famous girl standing next to the car and the post does really well. Besides me just being a nice guy. That's very right. positive. Right. And so that's led to a lot of other things too. Cause you know, like I have a, a nitrous drag bike that took me, uh, you know, a year and a half to build. And that's been in insurance commercials and booths at SEMA and CES and stuff like that too. And now it's been on the cover of Playboy magazine wow. and FHM magazine, which is pretty cool, you know? Uh -huh. So, you know, and I have a supercar that it, it did a lot of custom stuff too. And it's sponsored by other folks as well. And so it's really kind of blossomed into a uh, sort of manifesto on my philosophy of how to market the hobbies that you have, the passions that you have to find like-minded people who are interested in the same thing and then find manufacturers in that market space who would want to collaborate with you because you're a very positive influence in that market space. 
and you can help validate and brand their products as well because you're using them. And it's just turned out to be a wonderful kind of thing. And it's just yet another thing. People were like, you can't do that. I'm like, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. You can't do that. I can do anything I put my You're absolutely right. And um, like a lot of people sit on Facebook, but you can make your own groups. And that's what you did. And in order to brand yourself, like I've, I've told people with social media, you have to be who you are. And I see so many models um nowadays that they're copying the next one especially this new, i call them pandemic beckys they just got on the they got their right. open their only fan during right. you know and you know they're everybody's copying not that there's you. anything wrong with that I nothing think is that, wrong, you know, wrong with it those but performer-based sites really helped a lot of people who had right. never looked at being in the adult business in some way right as a way to support their family and keep a roof over their head and pay for their kids food and all that stuff so i'm not denigrating that at all right right nothing to do with that but what i'm trying to say is um you were original you're being your true authentic self and nowadays you know your brand is who you are and what I've done is I've seen other people. And if that's not me, I don't feel comfortable with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't like to be choked. I'm not calling. I had a father. I'm not calling anybody daddy, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to do any posts like that. I'm not going to say that. And, you know, I'm, this is who I am. And I showcase who I am and my personality. Like I love stand-up comedy. So that's, I showcase and I've been branching out with fantastic. Yeah, when you come up to Vegas, we're going to have to go to a couple comedy shows together. Oh, yes, yes. Because <laughs> um, my other podcast is a comedy one because I love stand-up comedy. So, and you you have to be who you're, you are. And you here you are, you love parts. And you it's just brilliant because you took what you're good at, photography, your car, and now you're getting parts and you're monetizing, you know what I'm saying? You're monetizing yeah. that way and you're doing what you love and that's what people need to do. Yeah, it's been amazing. And it's only because I wanted to think outside the box, right? but find a way to help support the passions and the hobbies that I really liked. And also find a community base where I could be around like-minded, very positive folks, you know what I mean? So I would just tell folks, like, if you have something, and I've I've done this on like panels at XBiz and, Mm -hmm. and other places, why not, where we've talked about social media branding I was like you know your social media branding should not just be focused on you know for lack of a better term showing pictures of your butthole right because if you do just that on your feed yes maybe you have a hundred thousand followers who will never pay to see pictures of your butthole because you gave them away for free right so your social media branding should be focused on you and what makes you interesting and your, your pet dog or your pet hermit crab. And the fact that you like kayaking and all of the things that make you so genuine that when you take that traffic, which is now very marketable because nothing graphic on that feed. So you're not shadow banned. Right. And you can partner with other people who like sell dog food or kayak oars or other stuff that help you with your hobbies and your passions, then you can push that traffic someplace where you can collect money because then people really do want to see a picture of your butthole. The only place they can do it is because you're getting paid by it. Right. Right. Right? Yeah. 
that's so important now nowadays because you well, especially to... these days where the platforms are inherently anti-adult market space so oh yes even if you're vastly popular and you have a lot of fans they will have an algorithm that limits your exposure even to people who really do want to see you mm-hmm. because they don't agree with the style of content you make or the lifestyle you chose or the work you do for a living not that there's anything wrong with any of that stuff right 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 right? so it's better to make that stuff grow organically it's better to make that stuff grow with a fan base who likes you not just because you're pretty or you do this great scene or you you have this type of body but also because they're like they they can't wait to talk to you about how you're little pet chihuahua is and how how your new Subaru you bought is and what kind of things you're going to do to fix it up and your passion for going you know ice climbing or whatever it is that you're right right exactly yeah it's a conversation too for when you're yeah because then also your fans become a lot more loyal I think because then they're really interested in you as a person not just you physically or you you know what you last scene you did you know what I mean right yeah, no, I've noticed with my both of my podcasts, I've had an increase of fans coming to me wanting to chat, whether it be sex pam for whatever, and they're talking about different episodes. And right. they're and they and have that, questions. Isn't that fantastic? Yeah. It mm-hmm. means you're really becoming a touchstone with with you, right? You know, the fan about other stuff than, you know, hey, I, I like the way you shaved your bush or whatever, you know, there's the normal right, right. you know, stuff where that's just a little bit more graphic and and it's nice to have folks like ask you about, you know, did, how did you like that new couch you bought and, and and you put in your living room or, you know, what, what do you get? What are your plans for the stuff you like painting? What's your next project or whatever, you mm-hmm. know? And I think that really helps not just, you know, keep you grounded. So, you know, on the grand scheme of things, I'm a pretty grounded guy. I don't, um, uh, my, my stage persona is what I do, but it's not who I Ooh. am as a person. Yes. I don't live that lifestyle. Right. So, you know, the folks, if you go to my social media, it's very apparent what I like to do, <laughs> where I go and, you know, that I'm just living my best life. And, you know, I'm a smiley, happy guy. And I, I like to be around other positive people and do what I can to bring them up. Yeah, no, that's important. That's very important. And also, um, I feel like, like you were talking about the Subaru group every week. Sometimes when you're in the adult industry and you're a sex worker, um, you need that escape away from other sex. It's nothing against the sex workers. It's it's what helps keep you grounded, right? Yes. Last thing you want to do is lose yourself to this business, which we've seen happen to a lot of folks. Oh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or you end up, you know, getting wrapped up in the keeping up with the Joneses, you know what I mean? You end up buying 200 Louis Vuitton purses and then you're, you know, driving an Uber afterward because you didn't save any of your money. You know what I mean? Not that there's anything wrong with right, right, driving right. Uber. It's a great job. You know what I mean? But like this business, just like being a professional athlete, which in a way, if you want to look at it that way, you're, you're a professional athlete. Right. You have a limited amount of time to make the maximum amount of money, right? Yes. You can't be a linebacker in the NFL for 40 years, right? No. You, you maybe have seven or 12 good years where you can um, run into a brick wall repeatedly every day. And then you got to deal with some injuries and you're not going to be able to do that anymore, right? So the smart guys, they save their money, they buy real estate, they have some business they started and, and they're doing really well because they bought some franchises or whatever it is they did. So they can have a 
long-lasting passive income and a good quality of life after they do that, right? Yes, yes. It's a miracle that is 24 years later, literally, and I'm still here in this business, but also working in mainstream and doing all these other projects. And then I'm still taking photos. I'm still shooting video. I still perform in the odd scene for the stuff that I, that's my content that I own. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a miracle, right? Because yeah, it's a very, very long career, even for a male in this business. It's, you know, it's almost unheard of. Right. right. So I'm very, how very hard. Thankful. How hard is it like in the beginning with the males? Because sometimes I feel like I've heard of, and you'll have to correct me. I've heard of some men having to take Viagra or. Yeah, sure. Different sure. stuff. Um, I just see for men, it's even shorter of a time period because it's so much work on the man. And a lot of men don't realize that. Well, I think you can separate it in two ways. One, the average lifespan of a girl who just kind of gets in to make some money and leaves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very short, you know, it can be like eight months and then they're out, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you got a little bubba behind you. That's <laughs> oh yeah, my my he'll he'll yeah. my uh, German Shepherd will show himself. <laughs> <laughs> he he comes in up here. So anybody listening, that my German Shepherd is directly behind me right now, having a good yeah. time, take taking a chill and and letting it all hang out. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, with guys, it can be a longer lifespan, right? Because it's less important how they look; it's more important they can perform, right? But uh-huh. the problem is a lot of guys will look at this and go, well, I can open OnlyFans now. I'm a porn star, right? And I'm like, there's so much more to being a successful male performer that can, you know, call themselves a porn star, right? And I try to explain this to a lot of kids because they ask me for advice because I've been around a while right. and they know I'm pretty positive folks, right? Mm-hmm. But not all of them listen to it, right? And I tell guys, look, man, if you really want to be successful in this business, as a performer, what I did when I got in is I looked at every scene that I shot, and then I would look at somebody else who I considered top tier male talent, you know, a man Will Ferrari or somebody like that, mm-hmm. and see what they did so I could see what I could improve on. Oh, he opens his hip a little bit more this way. Okay, I'm going to do that too next scene. I'm going to try and flip the girl this way or open up her up this way, right? Because your responsibility as the male talent is not just to enjoy yourself because nobody can see it then, right? Right. The girl is the product and Mm -hmm. you are the vehicle to make her shine. So if you're successful, that means you open up the camera well, you position her well, you transition her well, you don't have wood issues, you can pop on cue and you make her shine, even if she's having an off day and she's not really feeling into that position or that couch isn't that comfortable, you still do all the heavy lifting to make her look good because then that makes you look like top tier male talent. And a lot of guys don't get that. They'll just keep, you know, doing what they're doing and then they don't understand why they're successful. I've even had guys who, you know, maybe they didn't know me so well and go, they'd sit in the scene and go, yo man, I can't do that. I'm like, really get up. I'll show you. (laughs) Right. I'm like, this is the position you should be in because Mm -hmm. then the girl looks good. Right. And we can see the meat and potatoes going on and we can see her beautiful face. And when it's time to move, you need to move her into the next position. So she's not struggling and make her look good in that one too. And you you said the key thing, it's not about for guys, all these guys that are in the DMs and harass us and all that, 
you made you said the main point it's not about the guy and really enjoying himself he is yeah. performing he is working yeah. it's it's work on the man and that's why it's such a tough business and yes. you know uh, unfortunately with the advent of a lot of guys going oh i can do that i'll just take a viagra you find an influx of a lot of guys who are not um taking their job as professionally as right. you would like them to yes and that's the reason why I shoot a lot of the same guys I shoot, right? Because we have a relationship going back 10 years and mm-hmm. we don't even have to talk during a scene. We can look at each other and I'm like, oh, he's going to move to, okay, he's going to move and he's put his one leg. I'm going to go under now. Okay. And then I look at him. He's like, oh, he's going to move to the side. Okay. So I'm going to turn this way. Okay. And then, so we're, we have all this nonverbal communication going on in order to assist each other in making the girl look good. And that's mm-hmm. the reason why the scenes are so seamless. Cause in my opinion, the, the perfect scene in a, in a gonzo based scene with one camera is I press the red button. When I start, I film all the way through straight to the pop with no cuts. And I press the red button stop after the money shot. Wow. And that's what I shoot for every time I shoot. So mm-hmm. it's unusual. I don't get that unless, you know, something's really awkward or we're, we're having an off moment or, you know, maybe the guy, you know, uh, loses his balance or something and we have to cut for a second and go, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to pick it up from here, but we're, you know where we're going. Okay. We got it. Let's go. Right. right. So, and that's, you know, how it is with my POVs too. Like I'll start pressing the red button when the girl comes in and then we get started and, I I get going and then we go straight through and it's right to the pop and then I hit stop. I prefer not to make a cut if I don't have to. Now it's different if you're shooting a feature movie with multiple cameras and stuff. The intention is you're going to be cutting between a big shot and a tight shot or a hard shot and a softcore shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in that one camera based gonzo market, if you have any choice you want to keep the viewer the most immersed right so the more cuts you make the less he's like oh what, what happened nope right. you know it's like it's like the needle skipping <laughs> on a record you don't want that right so god it seems like a lot of work to do pov for <laughs> cool it's a huge amount of work yeah especially yeah. to do it successfully right you know what right. I mean? You, you you can't enjoy yourself that much if your camera starts to get. You got it. You have to. Get it, right, like it's it's a very mentally disciplined uh, way of you know looking at something so you can keep your head in the game. You know what I mean on both fronts. Right. Wow. I th- God, it sounds complicated being a man and doing that. It doesn't sound. Yeah, it's so- definitely not an easy job. You know what I mean and. Uh, so a lot of the kids now are like resorting to some artificial help, you know, whether it's pills or shots yeah. and stuff. And right? I, I feel like that's dangerous for guys to go to. hundred percent. A, you know, a lot heart. of times the guys are resorting to shots now. And I'm like, look, <gasps> that shot is for impotency. Uh-huh. If you are operational and you use that, eventually you're going to have some long-term problems Oh man! and you've created a very short lifespan for yourself. I would rather not do that if I was you, if you had any choice in it, besides right. the fact that, you know, apparently it's, so there's a sensitivity issue where you don't feel anything afterward. Mm-hmm. So then it's very hard with those guys to um, finish their money shot at the end because mm-hmm. they don't have any sensitivity. They can't feel anything. You know what I mean? So there's some some combined issues that, you know, I don't think is really conducive to um, using that as as a crutch to help you be successful. You know what I mean? 
Because it can. When I came into the, the business back when there wasn't any of that, you you could either right. do it or you couldn't do it. <laughs> That's why there was the same dozen guys in every movie ever made because they're like, well, so we can call that guy or we can call that guy. Which guy you want? You know what I mean? So. Yeah. What do you think makes a good female model on the end? A good female performer. I I think the most important thing is a positive attitude. Yes. Yes. Because if that girl shows up and wants to do a great job, somehow she's going to find a way to do it. Even if the guy's going to have an off day, she's going to help him. Or even if she's not quite posing in the right, she's going to listen to some direction. And, you know, the photographer is going to help her look her best. And the mm-hmm. videographer is going to help her look her best. And, you know what I mean? Everybody's there. The makeup artist is there to help her look her best. So right. as long as she has a great attitude, anything is possible right yeah but you know if they show up and they're not in a very good mood i'd rather not shoot that day let's just go shoot in the day when you feel better because the end result is we want to have a great scene right right so anything that inhibits that we should not do so i always go to great lengths to make the models feel comfortable like i asked them before we even get there i'm like you have a favorite red bull color Mm -hmm. or you have a favorite you know drink you like or you you have some favorite snack you like because it's an anal day you have some gummy bears that you it's going to be there Mm -hmm. because it's my job to make her feel the most comfortable that she can be so she can shine as much as we want her to shine right Right. So, and that's the same reason when I do the castings for guys, I don't just, you know, pick two widgets and stick them together. I asked the girl, like, who do you like? I want her to <laughs> like the person and look forward to having sex with a person as opposed to, you know, just be like, okay, these are two plants and we're going to film them sitting on top of each other. Right, right. Hopefully some, uh, it'll sprout a flower. No, I want to pick two people who really want to be together. And then I want to film it because then it will be a good scene, right? Because they right. can't wait to start the scene. Yeah. So that's always been my philosophy. And, you know, sometimes the guys that are not in the trenches holding the cameras that are actually sitting behind the computer in some other country or whatever, and just making decisions based on marketing, they right. don't get that, you know, and then they, then they end up with a subpar scene and they're like, or, or they just hire an inexpensive person to compensate that for the other person being expensive right Right. you're like well that's a terrible idea if you invested all that money in a stellar girl a super popular girl a famous girl why would you spend 150 dollars less to get a crappy guy instead (laughs) of spending 150 dollars more to get an awesome guy so for sure your investment is protected right because otherwise why did you spend five six thousand dollars right so you could waste it by saving $150. That's so stupid. That's right? so, yeah. And it, it, you run into that and you're like, okay, well, that's not my philosophy. I did the best I could. And then when you yeah. say why, I'm like, because you didn't want to spend another $150. That's why. Right. Yeah. It's a lot to make a scene. Yeah. It's, there's a lot to it. You know what I mean? It's but a, it's just it's like a lot anything more. else, right? It takes, it's a, it's not just, you know, an Oreo cookie when it comes out, right? Is that there's a lot to make in the dough and then you got to bake it right. And you got to make the icing and all that stuff. If you don't have all that stuff, you don't have an Oreo cookie, right? So right. there's a lot to it when you pull back the curtain, no matter what business you're in. So now would everybody doing independent content and what do you see for the future now? 
um, you know, OnlyFans that did become popular and many vids and all these other sites, loyal fans, for instance. What sure, do sure. you see now for the future? I, I, I'm going to bring up, um, I recently saw not one, but two different celebrities um, publicly say they got rid of their OnlyFans. Sure. And um, I kind of like, I get, I get it why they did, because it's OnlyFans has become a, a lot of work because now it's not just filming, it's answering the DMs, it's giving part of yourself. So I do, I personally sure. kind of see somewhat of a change with that. Um, and then OnlyFans, you know, they do their own thing, as we know. I think loyal fans is going to be popular, but that's my, um, yeah, my you know, the opinion. reason why so many other, um, fan-based or i should say performer-based sites have come up on the horizon mm-hmm. whether it's just for fans or loyal fans or i want fan all those is because let's face it the customer service on only fans is horrible yeah it's horrible 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 and they go out of their way to treat people poorly they don't answer their emails not even when lawyers and other only fans content managers are reaching out to them in order to resolve an issue that's entirely their fault Right. And so people have gotten sick of that interface and are looking for an easier way to connect. Now, I will think that there will always still be a market space for a performer based solution to interact with their fans. That's the reality of what we learned. Right. Right. Is that you don't necessarily need to sit at home watching Netflix, waiting for an agent to call you to say you have a scene today. And you're going to show up on this set and work for Evil Angel or or Brazzers or or Bang.com or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so in order for the performer to not only enhance their brand name, but grow and also have some personal financial stake in their brand name, they got to have some kind of solo, you know, website or clips site or, you know, that kind of interaction with a fan where they can run it. And I think that's good too, because that also encourages them to learn the back end of the business, yeah. to be fiscally responsible, to understand that when they go to somebody else's set, they need to actually think about all these things that they have to go through mm-hmm. because they're doing it now also. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a you know watershed moment coming where you know some folks are going to be surprised, but the day is coming where there's going to be much more options competitor wise to OF because you know uh, they you reap what you sow and they didn't treat people very well right they took money from folks and just closed their site down and do you know what I mean and so they, they got some problems to deal with and they've never dealt with them and uh, people are disgruntled so that just opens up the door for competition it just is what it is now you know what I yeah. mean just like if you put out a crappy car uh people other people are going to make cars they're going to be better than your car and yep. then other people are going to be driving those cars it is yep. what it is right yeah and people the, won't do you know, the beauty business. of a capitalist based economy right if right. you don't do a good job or you treat people poorly other options will spring up and those people will go there it is yeah. what it is right that, that's true so. certainly true yeah no i see it with um i that's why i think loyal fans i think uh now they're I don't know if they're replacing Black Bad Dragon. I'm going to be at um, Exotica in Chicago, and oh, I, nice. have, okay. I I saw that loyal fans now has the booth. I guess what used to be Bad Dragon. I don't know. Nice. I'll, okay. I'll see what it is. Yeah. But 
And, but they, and those those companies are emerging. Same thing, you know. Yeah. You talk with uh, Dominic at Just for Fans, he'll say the largest influx is uh, girls who are you know making an exit from OF and moving on that platform simply because they weren't treated good, or they took their money, or they closed their site, or they did this, or they did that. And you're like, yeah. man, you know, at some point you would think you would fix those issues, and they they haven't. And you know, God bless them. That's the, you know, capitalism at its finest, right? Yeah. So, but I think the the future of the business is inevitably going to become a multidimensional person who doesn't just do adult-based stuff, because it's clear now a lot of yeah. people have realized they can outgrow the pigeonhole they were put in and now do other things that reflect their passions or their hobbies or their social interests or their, you know, philanthropy or whatever it is. And they've created a market niche of a multidimensional person now that has a brand, not just an adult performer or a girl who only does girl, girl, or a girl who only does magazines or whatever like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that advent has really helped blossom opportunity for folks like us, because before then, you know, it was very unheard of for anyone to do anything that was outside the norm of our niche market space. You know what I mean? You know, it was like a, a big breakout moment when Jenna Jameson started to do stuff on the e-network and stuff, right? People realized, well, people could be an adult, but they could do other stuff as well. And right. they could, you know, blossom in other market spaces that other people before that said, oh, you'll never be able to do that. Hold my beer. Here I go, right? So it's it's fascinating to see that, and it's really wonderful to see all those folks expand and stretch themselves and and blossom into other areas and show more of their selves that's you know personal and their hobbies and their things they're interested in, their passions and their philanthropy and all that stuff. Yes. So their fans can really get to know them, not just see a picture of them or see a video of them and go, oh, I like her. Right. right. That's a great thing because then it really uh, lets us move into other market spaces, create other opportunities and bring all of us up as a whole, which is is what we should be doing. Not everybody does, but it was what we should be doing. Right. Yes. So that other folks can behind us can have even more opportunities than the ones we created for ourselves. Right. Yeah. I like that you say that because that's what I've been trying to do, because I have been in the business so long, um, since 1995. And, and haven't aged a day. Uh, thank you. Um, I have aged inside, I feel it. But uh, I wanted different opportunities. And, sure. you know, the thing I don't, um, you know, I started off stripping. I never did feature dancing or anything like that. But it, it you can only dance for so long. You can only perform for so long. And then right. it's time to move on. And I really, there's a lot of performers such as Joanna Angel. I love her aesthetics. Um, yeah. You know, I've and never. It's just another person that broke the mold and had right. a beer moment, right? Because yeah. all, all of those years were people that said, hey, a girl that has really heavy ink and is alt looking is never going to be uh, the person up on uh, the AVN stage yep. uh, being one of the keynotes or the, you know, the MCs or whatever you want to call it. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know what, that watershed open happened and she was like, Hey, 
and I'm here. Remember when you said I couldn't do it? <laughs> right. Yeah. And she's also branched out to do wonderful things, you know, with, yeah. uh, you know, showing that she likes running marathons and her liquid breath drink that she's involved in and all these other stuff. That's that it's wonderful to see people blossom because of that, yeah. because yeah. it truly shows that we, you can do anything you set your mind to. Right. You just have to believe in yourself enough that you can do it and surround yourself with other people who are like-minded. Yes. If yes. you surround yourself with negative Nancy's, boy, you're going to get nothing done. Because right. I'll be the first to tell you you can't, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you surround yourself with positive, driven people yeah. who bring you up and you bring them up, and they'll be the first to tell you, absolutely, you should do it. There's nothing you can't do. I think it's a great idea. You should go for it. You should talk to my friend. He actually knows a little bit about that. Maybe he can help you. Those are the people you want in your life. Yes, Those are the exactly. people who are going to help you self-actualize yourself, and you can help self-actualize them. Right. And if you're not like that, well, God bless you. There's lots of other jobs and opportunities for you, but I want to be around people who are like that. Yeah, no, of course. Likewise. Thank you so much, Miles, for coming on my podcast today. I was, I'm very, very motivated now. Is it already, I, I, it's already an hour. I can't even believe it. I feel like we've I'm been motivated. About and then I was just so fascinated with the POV because I was like, and I feel like I may have to put a strap on and just practice and see just how practice. Long, yeah, exactly. There you go. Right. Stuff. Do that. See, see how, see and how, see how tough and is. difficult. Hold it steady when you're really doing your business. Right. I, I can't wait. Oh my, well, for a guy, I just feel like that's so hard to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? To keep it's your heart on without yeah. busting. Yeah. And um, that's a lot of work. That's a lot yeah. of work. But thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Please share where you could be found, um, where people can find you if anybody has an interest um, or anything and they want to follow your social media pages and everything or your websites, whatever you have, share it with us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so the best place to catch me on the social media platforms is Twitter, it's Instagram, it's Facebook, it's TikTok, and even my website, it's all the same. Miles Long 4, and that's the number 4, the digit 4, real, R-E-A-L, right? So Twitter is at Miles Long for Real. Instagram is at Miles Long for Real. Facebook is at Miles Long for Real. And TikTok is at Miles Long for Real. But if you are on Facebook... And you have a good sense of humor and you like cars, but not necessarily just Subarus. You be into, we have lots of members who are into, you know, fast bikes and fast boats and tools and guns and parachuting and all kinds of other stuff. Then you should definitely check out our private Facebook group, The Subi Society. And you'll see his picture of Subaru with some lightning in the background. But there's a lot of my very famous gal friends that are in there. Just bear in mind, we have a very strict no troll policy because <laughs> we open that group coming from other groups where guys were just really trolls and mean and not very nice. Right. So you got to be a positive folks that, to be there and you got to have a good sense of humor and feel free to post and enjoy yourself. Ask questions. Everybody that's there is very helpful, especially when it comes to building cars and we ship each other's parts all the time and that kind of stuff. So if you're like-minded like that, uh, we'd love to have you in that community as well. Thank you so much for being on Get Schooled. Thank you.